for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. All right. Welcome to Manic Movie Monday. Tonight we're talking Catholicism and Jersey. Hillary's here. Hey guys, it's my two favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question for you because you grew up in Jersey. So this Jersey that's depicted in this film, is that like the Jersey you grew up in? That's the Jersey I grew up in, especially for when... This was felt like this was filmed in the 70s yes. and like, you know, I mean, I grew up in the 80s and it was very upper middle class box cars, big churches. You know, I was raised Catholic. We went to it. Hold. OK. OK. <laughs> yeah. This this is new information for me. I had no idea you were raised Catholic. Holy shit. Yeah. OK. OK. So this movie kind of kind of hits some different different things for you huh like i this could have been my family if my parents were divorced and my older sister was an asshole i guess yeah right (laughs) yeah we're gonna (laughs) exactly like we're gonna talk about alice and alice's you know crazy life and whatever um so okay so you were raised catholic i was raised episcopalian and uh we didn't have a lot of the, the the traditions and the things like that like where priests would just invite people over to their homes and everybody was like so close-knit like that so is that was that something was that like a big part of your life too uh i don't think we ever had the priest in our home but we definitely like went places that the priest was at like a and it wasn't like at the church it was like a lunch or so like i just remember like you know upper middle class white women the priest and then, like, a bunch of us kids that, like, weren't allowed to do anything. We were just supposed to, like, sit down, shut up. Right. Like, like, <laughs> like when they put the kids at the table in the movie and it's right. just Angela and Robert and and all the kids are sitting at the kids' table, basically. Yes. Yeah. Sit at the kids' table, but don't play. Like, just sit there and eat properly. Like, you know, just be a grown-up at the kids' table. And I did not do that why i embarrassed my mother like every time we went to one of these things because i couldn't sit still Mm -hmm. and i was a kid and i wanted to play on my first communion one of my like one of my whole family's most favorite memory is i get communion i'm in the fucking white dress the veil and everything so that's a real thing and they actually wear the veil and the white gloves and the white and, and, and the white dress oh yeah it is head to toe white you look like a little mini bride that's oh my god yeah so and literally i get communion then go to like you know the end of the line they you know we kneel whatever they say a prayer and i literally bolt out of the church (laughs) to the playground and i'm like in your white dress in my white dress and i am hanging upside down like trying to jump off the monkey bars like oh that's fabulous and that's and my parents were just like what she is just and my dad thought it was hysterical my dad was just like yeah that's just like who she is and my mom i think died at the church that day (laughs) that is so that is so fantastic see because i don't remember when we did their first communion um i remember it being just a group of us kids at our school and that was part of our whole thing it was like you know and today we're going to do our first communion it was there was not all the fanfare and the bells and whistles that you guys had and so, okay, that's really, really interesting. And then, so this is filmed in Patterson, New Jersey. Now, is Patterson, New Jersey that same type of place today as it was back then? No. Patterson's crime rate is like 80% higher in Patterson than anywhere else in New Jersey. Oh, my God. It's in like the top three like worst cities in New Jersey. Patterson is taking a little sharp left. <laughs> Okay, so it's probably so it's it's a little bit of a a bit of a bit of a crime has experienced a bit of a crime wave in recent years. Okay, what was your background with this movie? Was this an old? Was this a college watch for you? Yeah, I watched this in college, but I didn't 
re I feel like it was just playing. Like, I don't feel like this was one of my, like, let's get super silly stoned and, like, watch a movie. It was, like, I watched a movie and then, like, put it on and maybe, like, studied for midterms. Like, we'll put studied in air quotes. Yeah, because, like, that's really how much I participated in college. But... Yeah, like, but at least you went. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Side note, my sister and I just drove by my college, like, last weekend. I flew up to go see her to New Jersey. And we happened to drive by the college that I went to. And she just looked over at me and she was like, how the fuck did you ever get in there? <laughs> I was like, Cal, I graduated second in my class. And she looked at me and she goes, what? And I go, yeah, by my sixth high school, I actually did really well. And she was like, I don't remember any of that. And I was like, yeah, I had a full like four year scholarship and everything. That is so cool. I got I got into college. I got into Savannah College of Art and Design but in true me fashion, decided to stay in Florida because my 25-year-old boyfriend didn't want me to go away to college. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That's why we can't have nice things, people. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So my background with this was I think I'd seen it twice my entire life. This was being like the second time. I didn't remember anything about it at all. Um, but when I watched it, the, there's just something really dreamlike about it and very like grimy that I love and that smoky haze that is just like on oh, everything. Yeah. Every, well, yeah, it was the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild time. Yeah. Um, Cover it in smoke or jizz. Smoke or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny. You should say jizz because this director, uh, did a movie so his name is alfred soul alfred soul did a movie called deep sleep which is exactly what you think it is it's about a guy who can't get to sleep and so he uh gets a bunch of women to seduce him and <clears throat> somehow manages to get to sleep anyway it's exactly what i was thinking like, yeah literally. <laughs> literally but it is a porno and it, it was the very first, very first movie that he made was this pornographic film. Now, he made this in a time period in the 70s when <laughs> to film people fucking, uh, especially in New Jersey, was highly illegal. So he got arrested and uh, charged with uh, aiding and fornicating. Right, I know it, it's absolutely fantastic, and um, as a result of being arrested for making this porno, he was excommunicated from the Patterson, New Jersey diocese, which I'm guessing means he was kicked out of the church. That is what it sounds like. That you, you know, fornicators not allowed. That's right. I mean, yeah. it just seems well. I get. I mean, I get fornicators, right. not not the actual right. fornication. The actual fornication. Yeah, they got in trouble too. But it's, it's just interesting that that was the thing that pushed him into being anti-Catholic is that he had made this he made this adult film, got kicked out and decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make Alice Sweet Alice. And um, he met a female writer who was a <clears throat> like a like a teacher or a professor. And she is Roman Catholic. And he had been basically someone who had left. He was an ex-Catholic, right? And they decided to write this screenplay for Alice Sweet Alice. So. I do feel like a big part of growing up Catholic is you know you've mastered Catholicism once they kick you out. Or you realize it's like the bad part of Christianity. Sorry any Catholics that listen to oh, us. Oh yeah, but. no. I mean... <laughs> It's, uh, it's like the saddest part of Christianity. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so so the writer, so he wrote it with Rosemary Ritvo is her name. And um and she was she had done Alice Sweet Alice and that's it. The movie takes place in 1960s New Jersey actually because if you look at it um when Alice is reading like the, the not the newspaper but she's reading a magazine, it has information about like JFK you know, oh, so <clears throat> yeah, no, I yeah. missed that completely. I really thought it was. I was actually watching it, wondering uh, what came first, Alice Sweet Alice or The Omen. 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, okay, so this, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Oh, I stumped Eric. Damn it. It's a good day. Damn it. I was going to text you the question last night so you could be prepared. Right? But then I was just like, it's Erin. She like fucking knows all this shit. Nope. <laughs> so the omen is 1976. And Alice Sweet Alice is also 1976. Ooh. Right. Right, exactly. I know. Now it's a. Now I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I really want to know, like, which one was like filmed first or released right. first, because right. they are very similar in a lot of cinematography. Cinematography wise, yes. Yeah. And in fact, um, Alfred Soule said that he wanted to make this movie after seeing Don't Look Now. Now. I love Don't Look Now, but I kind of consider Don't Look Now to be sort of like the Grand Hotel and that Alice Sweet Alice is kind of like the porno theater next to the Grand Hotel. It's not that we don't love the porno theater and respect the porno theater, but it's not really in the same ballpark, in my opinion. <laughs> just because just because our uh, our villain wears a raincoat, right. which or, or I'm sorry, a slicker, as my boyfriend put it. Yeah, no, Slicker, that's, I mean, that's what we called him as well. Um, okay, so the opening of this film is creepy and fabulous. It has this child that's basically reciting, I'm guessing it's Hail Mary Full of Grace. Yeah, yeah the Lord is with thee. Yeah. yeah, right, okay. So here's what's fun. If you watch this with a closed captioning on, closed captioning doesn't understand Latin and will just put random words in the Latin phrases and it's hilarious. Oh, I wish I had. I did have the subtitles on because I'm 40. So who watches a movie? Without I subtitles? love it. Don't go without it. Uh, yeah, but I while it was setting up, you know, it was like let the dogs. You know, I it did not have my full attention through the credits. Right, right. I gotcha. Which bums so, me out now. So now the opening has this sort of like animated picture of a child who's praying and then has a knife, which is just fantastic. Um. So it was originally called, well, okay, so Alice Sweet Alice has three titles. <laughs> it's Alice Sweet Alice, Holy Terror, and Communion. And they didn't want to release it as Communion because Alfred Soule thought people would think it was a religious film, which it kind of is in a lot of ways. I would say it's more of an anti-religious film. Right. No, the, I think that they should have released it as Communion and had all the Catholics go and just lose their effing mo- like the press on that would have been fantastic because no you wouldn't have gotten the horror fans till the Catholics like lost their minds about you know what a disturbing piece of vile trash this was and then we would have gone yeah and yeah. then you would have made twice the ticket sales. It would have been much more, exactly. Yeah. There would have been like an, uh, an uproar and people would have right. been like carrying around signs. Yes, picketing this movie and it would have be- become like this underground cult classic of like, have you seen Communion? It's not even like that scary, but my Catholic grandmother hates it, says I'm going to burn in hell. It's with my ACDC record. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly what it should have been, right? So in our opening, a family is coming to a priest's house and we meet our uh, two sisters, Karen and Alice. And Karen is played by Brooke Shields. This is actually Brooke Shields' first movie. Oh, she, I mean, she was an asshole, younger sister. She's a little, she's a little, she's a little bratty little sister. But she outacted really almost everyone on the screen I didn't realize that this was like her first film. I thought she had done, you know, something else before this, but and I believe she was nine. I she blew me away because I absolutely could not stand her. Yeah, yeah, like I know. I was like, oh, I too would have set her on fire. Yeah, I, like it totally made you know, like did she deserve to be murdered? Probably not. But like you were really the asshole goody goody kid, and I hated you. Now Alice. Although she's playing a 12-year-old, was played by Paula Shepard, who was actually 19 at the time of filming. She does not look 19 at all. Like, I honestly thought she was, like, maybe 14, 15. I mean, and... I don't know if she's just really short. I, like, short and just very innocent looking, but still not innocent looking. Like, she does the look well oh yeah those eyes yeah like she really carried it well i i actually really liked alice yeah when they when they go to this priest's house 
um, the priest gives Karen a crucifix because it is a gift for her for, for her impending communion. Yeah, and it was from and, his mother. Yeah, it's his. It was his mother's crucifix, and. The mother even says, you know, what if she loses it or breaks it or something like that? And and the priest is just like, no, it's fine. Alice immediately decides she wants to go to the bathroom. So she starts wandering around the house and she wanders upon the, I guess she's like the housekeeper of the house of priests. Yeah, she's like the den mother like the den mom at the strip club, but she's the den mother for priests. Right, exactly. Because this house is basically just like a gaggle of priests. There's just like old priests, new priests, young priests, you know, and they all. And, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they all live in this one house. And um, Mrs. Tredoni is, I'm thinking she's Italian. <laughs> just a little. Little, she, she's little Italian. Italian. Very thick Italian accent. Um, she's actually cleaning the floor and Alice decides to sneak up on her wearing the creepiest mask. And I wish I could find this fucking thing. I'm sure that we could find it on Etsy. I'm sure that I, I'm sure it's gotta be on Amazon and a spirit Halloween, which should be opening any day now. Any day now. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. For reference, it is July 20th. Yeah. Right. But that's how it works. It's like once summer's over, then it's, it's time for all of the Halloween stores to open. Um, so then we see that Alice, besides being someone who likes to scare old ladies, has a sort of secret room in the basement. Now you're going to have to explain this to me because number one, I didn't grow up with basements. So there are basements in apartment complexes. Um, like they weren't they were like crawl spaces or like boiler rooms but there were like like the downstairs area where you would keep like the plumbing the hot water this and that and it was usually for like maintenance guys to go in because you can't leave your pipes just like outside they'll just freeze and burst and you'll ruin the house so they're usually almost every building in new jersey had like some big not having a basement when i came to florida blew my i was just like what they were like yeah no there's like 12 feet down it's water and i was like oh yeah no that makes sense yeah jersey was all okay. solid earth okay okay <laughs> all right so alice has this like weird little room that she goes to where she has a collection of roaches and broken baby dolls yeah i mean normal girl things i say <laughs> just <laughs> yeah just the jar the jar of roaches is very <laughs> is fucked up in my opinion <laughs> They, to me, they look like palmetto bugs now that I live in Florida. Jesus Christ, that's even worse. Yeah, like, when I really looked at them, I was just like, okay, those aren't, like, Jersey roaches. Those are Florida palmetto bugs. And then I was able to bring my two homes together. Oh, my God. (laughs) So absolutely horrifying. So it becomes evident that Alice is the kid that's sort of left alone a lot. And then Karen is the favorite. Oh, for sure. Karen is the easy, like, sweet, loving, kind child. And Alice is definitely, you know, like, the family asshole scapegoat. Yeah. And, and Alice, like, does things like steal the veil or steal the baby doll. Yeah. Alice really want, you know, parents are now divorced. And, you know, she's acting out, definitely crying for some sort of attention somewhere. And, you know, it's, I really felt bad for Alice. Yeah, it's very, so what's interesting about this movie is that, yeah, on its surface, it is a slasher movie. It is, it is a very straightforward slasher film. But really, if you get down to it, it's about family dynamics. And it's about these sister relationships. Because there's this parallel between Karen and and Alice, and then Catherine and Annie. So the mother and her sister and how kind of fucked up those dynamics are in a family. And then I think when you add religious guilt to it, it's almost way worse. Yeah. I, it, so as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking as a child, I am definitely Alice, you know, like I was the younger sister, but I definitely had a collection of broken dolls for sure. I probably would have had a jar of roaches. 
Um, you know, I was the asshole sister. I was fucking weird and twisted. And then as I'm watching it as an adult, I am Sister Annie. Like, she's an asshole, but she definitely calls it how she sees it. Very much like, no, I saw your fucking kid, you know, attack me. And like, no, I'm pressing charges. No, we don't get to live like this. And calling out, you know, the ex-husband. Like, I was I was rooting for Annie. She made the most sense to me. Annie, Annie's a fantastic character. Tr- truly, truly the performance by this actress is fantastic. Because she's, she, she, it's almost like Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest is one of the worst females that you'll ever see. And then Annie comes in and goes, hold my beer. <laughs> because Annie is, you know shrill and criticizing and Annie has um, a daughter and a son. She has a daughter Angela who's bless her heart oh my god bless this child's heart for doing this movie because I yeah I mean I was I was a chubby kid but I don't know if I was like Angela chubby (laughs) I'm going to hell see going to hell Yet Angela and Robert, and I mean, Robert, you see for maybe 20 seconds. Yeah. Robert, Robert, like honestly just wants to be included. Like he's just kind of running after the children and wants to be like part of that crew or whatever. And then Angela kind of does what her mother says and it, which is includes being fat shamed. Yeah. And these were the kids that like I would eat with at the priest brunch, whatever that I would go with my mom and I was definitely Alice up hanging upside down in my communion dress. And Angela was still sitting at the table, you know, eating, eating. brunch. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, I knew these kids growing there up. There is, <laughs> there is actually a scene where Annie goes, Angela, haven't you had enough to eat? Oh yeah. And oh. so then they, then it's, you know, bring the rest of this cake to Mr. Alfonso. Right, right. Now, okay, so we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because that was actually, (laughs) I apologize, guys. Let's go back in time for a second. So, sorry. Yeah, I know. That's okay. Karen Karen is going to have her first communion. Okay, so this is a big event. Everyone's going to the church, and um, Karen ends up being strangled. In the church, I guess in the rectory. No, what's that thing called? Yeah, it would be the rectory. Okay. I think. That's what I would call it. I know, right? So ends up getting strangled by this uh, figure in a yellow raincoat and a creepy mask. So, of course, we're led to believe that this has to be Alice. or yeah, at least not looking good for Alice. Right. It's, she's... Or at least a very diminutive female or a diminutive character or, or uh, form because this person is very small. Yeah, very tiny. And, you know, because it's like shoulder to shoulder with Alice, you know, very few inches in between, uh, you know. And all I kept thinking when, because, again, it doesn't look good for Alice. It's really a good setup that Alice is killing her sister. And all I kept thinking is, like, does Alice have the strength to drag a young dead girl around, you know, a Right, church? which she does. Yeah. She drags her along the floor after strangling her, drags her along the floor, puts her inside of what looks like a hope chest. But I'm sure it's called something totally different in the Catholic world. It looked like a pew to me that opened. Okay. Okay. Like a bench that stuck, had the opening seat. Stuck her inside a bench and then set her on fire. Yeah. When the smoke came out, I missed the whole setting on fire. I don't know, like, if I turned my head or something because I was just like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I mean, like, flat out set this child on fire. Okay. So we're out of the gate. We are breaking all kinds of taboos, really. Because in the 70s, you did not really kill children. With the exception of when a stranger calls, which opens with children getting killed off camera, of course, you really didn't you really didn't see kids just getting killed. Yeah, it was kids getting killed and kids getting killed in church. I know. It's woo. Yeah, like that's a lot to digest. And then, yeah, and then now we'll set the child on fire during communion. 
yeah there's like a lot there to make people... i mean there's a lot to unpack with that yeah. <laughs> that whole scene right so anyway everyone then ends up at you know after the funeral hanging out at the apartment and what's interesting is I want to know this because the outside of the apartment doesn't really look um, safe in an architectural way, yeah. but the but the inside of the apartments is very nice. And is that something that's traditionally found in like Jersey? Um, I feel like it. If it's safe on the outside, it's usually safe on the inside, and usually if it's unsafe on the outside, it's unsafe on the inside. They usually match. Okay. Uh, like, I'm sure there are cases, you know, where it, it doesn't, but it's usually what you see is what you get in Jersey okay. for the most part. Okay. So it being so kind of ramshackly outside, but then absolutely gorgeous inside, that's, I think, a movie thing. Yeah, it was very strange because I was like, ooh, that, that apartment doesn't look very, like, safe or clean or anything. But then you go inside and it's like, ooh, fancy. Yeah. You know? I mean, fancy for the 70s um and so jersey. and jersey so <laughs> so um they you know they're they're reconvening in the apartment and that's when angela gets fat shamed and they decide they have it there's a cake there and uh the mother Catherine, says you know why don't you take this cake to alfonso who is the uh landlord and friendly neighborhood pedophile yeah mr alfonso like, when he first came on the screen and he's just, like, talking to his cats and, like, Mama loves his cats. And I was just like, all right. Um, I was so... Right. I was I was rooting for yeah. Alfonso when I saw him and then he's, like, eating tuna out of a can. Like, with the cats. Like, like, with the cat. Yeah. I was right. just like, okay, you're just, like, a weirdo kind of guy. No big deal. Love Mr. Alfonso. And then... <laughs> yeah, I was I was really rooting for him in like a in like a John Waters character kind of way, you know, and then and then yeah, then it's like yeah, he's uh he's a little he's a little child touchy. He's a little creepy. Yeah, a little child. No, he's very against the wall and yeah. sniff your hair. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, that I he made me really sad cuz I was cuz I knew he couldn't be the killer. Like, it was obvious from the size of, you know, the killer that it's obviously not Mr. Alfonso. So we're going to root for you because no matter what, I'm safe. And then he's just, oh, when he, but when he told Alice, just like, your sister was really pretty, you know, that's why she died and not you or so. Like, right, it right. just, I was like, God always takes the pretty one. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, it was gross. And I nope. was like, Nope. And um, then we talk about relationships. So so Catherine and her husband, Dom, are divorced. And Annie is married to someone who kind of looks like Les Nessman from WKRP in Cincinnati and like Radar from MASH had yeah. a baby. Yes, Radar from MASH. When I was watching it, I was just like, that is somebody. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, it's, of course, not. But, yeah. you know, yeah. So, so he's very, like does pretty much whatever she says yeah no and i like i said i relate to annie i guess and there's <laughs> so it's interesting because annie annie really wants to like be the savior in this situation like she's she's like i'm going to move in with you and i'm going to take care of everything and alice is you can tell that she just wants to help her mother like she wants to be there she wants to be home she doesn't want to go to school she probably has problems in school i know i was the weird kid and i hated going to school so i understand that yeah no the school kept recommending alice go see the psychologist because she was acting out in school and it seemed like it happened right after her mom and dad got divorced you know, i'm guesstimating timeline wise and so, yeah, school was awful. Now my sister's dead. Like, I go into school, like, like that's just too much for me to emotionally handle at 12. Absolutely. And I think now there's there's not a whole lot of emphasis on this and that, um, you know, like, if you have a problem, you're not supposed to go to a doctor kind of thing. So there's not a whole lot of emphasis on this. But there is a line in this movie where... Um, Catherine is talking to Father Tom and they're in the car and she says, you know, haven't I had enough? Haven't I had my share? Mm -hmm. And the priest is like, there's no such thing as a share. Yeah, no, I liked that line. That was 
just, yeah, being so, you know, God only gives the, his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Yeah, fucking, I know. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, Dom, <laughs> that would be not Tom, Dom. Dom is the ex-husband, and he comes into town to uh to comfort you know his family and he goes to the police station and all i said was oh my god look at all the nude pinups in the fucking police station yeah that's i have that exact line i was just like why is there so much porn in the police station i kept looking like am i the only one fucking seeing this it is it is wall-to-wall beaver shots yeah, and titties. guys yes. just wall-to-wall titties and pussy that's and i was like are they like wanted for something? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this beaver? Yeah, like you know, aiding fornication. <laughs> See? Yeah. See? And I'm wondering. Yeah. And I also wonder if that was Alfred Soul's kind of little like nod to his previous film. Yeah, I'm curious if he was just like, I'm not aiding. It's just everywhere in the background. Exactly. Yeah. Everywhere in the background. Yeah. So dad is defending Alice. Like they're kind of saying, where was Alice at the time of the murder? And how did Alice get Karen's veil? And, you know, it's like, well, she must have picked it up off the floor. You know, it's just a completely logical explanation. But the fact that Alice is different and maybe a little morbid and also kind of a fat, shamey cunt. Yeah, no, yeah. Alice is kind of shitty, but like I get her shittiness. Yeah, but her shittiness it's a baguette situation. So it's almost like her parents have neglected her. Her parents were raised around the shame of religion, uh, the shame of organized religion. They then shamed each other. Then that goes, it goes, it trickles down. It's like Alice then abuses Karen, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And the part that actually like had me, really questioning in the police station was when the cops were like well we want to talk to your daughter and the dad was just like no and I was like wait cops can just say like okay we want to talk to this murder suspect but dad said no no you can't and I'm wondering if that's because she is a minor is that why yeah I was really like I feel like if cops showed up and were just like we want to talk to your kid. And I said, no, they would still try to talk to my kid. Like, yeah, they'd be like, fuck you. We're the cops. We do what we want. Right. All I kept thinking was you see so many like interrogations where kids are brought in and just like, there's nobody there to say like, no, or tell you what your rights are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Dom decides to call Father Tom on the phone and Mrs. Tredoni answers. And Mrs. Tredoni is is basically the gatekeeper of that whole house because she will not let Dom. She would not let Tom talk to Dom. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a lot of three letter names. It's all the vowels we were allowed. So, yeah, no, she is very like the priests are my priests like this yeah it's it's very clear very quickly that mrs tredoni wants to hop on that dick yeah no she is very lusting after uh tom has a photo of him on her bedside table framed which basically looks like his headshot if he was playing a priest yes yeah it looks like the headshot he mailed in to get cast in this movie and they were just like yeah throw look i can play a priest yeah they're just like yes you can bedside table that shot we're gonna have this nice little old lady just love you oh man okay so finally tom and dom actually do get to talk on the phone and tom tells dom wow this is gonna be hard tom father tom tells dom that they came and requisitioned um alice's school records from the school that don't paint Alice in, like, the best light. Right. Because, I mean, if you pulled my school records from that time period, especially that weird 12-year-old time period, I mean, my my favorite, you know, um, report card says, Aaron believes the rules do not apply to her. Oh, that's so good. I don't know if any of mine said that, but it was definitely accurate. Mm. 
Meanwhile, Alice goes down to give the rent check to Mr. Alfonso, and Mr. Alfonso tries to molest her. Yeah, no, that that's where we get this lovely pushed her against the door. Play with her hair. Yeah, sniff her. Like, just, I was so rooting for Mr. Alfonso, and then this happened, and I was, I was so let down by, like, the entire movie. This was the worst scene for me. Yeah. Like, we can set Brooke Shields on fire, but don't make the cat-loving weirdo a fucking real weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Total straight pedo in this case. And uh, and so she retaliates by killing his cat. Yeah, yeah, no, she does. Uh, which then I was kind of like, it's a bit much, Alice. Like, I feel like a knee shot, you were against the wall, he was there. A knee shot to the nuts, maybe not murder a kitten, but, you know, you do what you gotta do. It's kind of, it's it's hard to find sympathy for a lot of these characters um, because they're, they're kind of all garbage people. But there's an understanding behind those characters that this was almost of its creation, right? It was like, it was like this person created this person who created this person who created this person. And this pain created this pain, which created this pain. Yeah, that hurt people, hurt people line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So meanwhile, um, Annie is coming down the stairs and a figure in a creepy mask and a yellow slicker stabs Annie in the leg and the foot. And this is so uncomfortable to watch, right? Yeah, no, it was my legs started like dancing, you know, where it was like trying to avoid imaginary <laughs> knife yeah. attack. Like, and Alfred soul actually planned that very specifically. He wanted, you know, death scenes or, um, or, or scenes of stabbing that would make you physically uncomfortable. Yeah, no. And it did. I was very, very, uh, uh, pet cemetery Achilles tendon Achilles tendon yeah very much feeling like that while watching this and Annie actually crawls out into the rain moaning yeah oh yeah good old I mean this is kind of where Annie and I separated a little bit because it was so like I get you just got stabbed in the leg and like horrible yeah. but like you can kind of tell so alfred soul did not uh did not use a casting agent for this film in fact what he did was he went to the theater and every time he would go to the theater and see someone perform he would then ask them to be in the movie oh what a fun story right so like paula shepherd who plays alice was chosen because i think she was a dancer and he had seen her and thought like okay she could probably play younger uh brooke shields was chosen because i guess she had a vogue spread which is really creepy if you think about it as a, at a nine as a nine-year-old um but then all of these other actresses were basically or actors were, were chosen because they were theater actors and so it is which is very evident in yeah, the over it. in the overacting in the rain yeah yeah now that you said it i was just like oh yeah no yeah you got to sell that to the you know back balcony seats yeah she was i mean really selling it really selling it and like linda miller who plays Catherine, apparently was uh notoriously difficult to work with uh to the point that she actually slashed her own wrists during filming mom yes Catherine slashed her own wrists because in real life because Annie was difficult to work with? No, because, because, no, 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 no. I mean, she was difficult to work with. And in addition to that, also tried to commit suicide while they were filming. Mom. Mom. Yeah. I just need oddly to. Enough, oddly enough, not Annie. Okay. <laughs> so, Annie, Annie, consummate professional. <laughs> Annie falling apart in the rain is the professional and mom who plays actually very warm and compassionate and kind realistically is like, it, yeah it was losing her shit wow i don't even know where to put that yeah i, I know it's a it's a it's an interesting uh thing in fact when you watch the communion scene at the very end of the movie when they're all getting communion she has a bandage on her wrist I did see that, and I was just like, did she get stabbed? Oh, no. Well, yes, but by her fucking self. Yeah. What? What? I Call her up. Who knows? I know, right? Uh, who who yeah. knows what people are going through? And that's what I want to ask. Right. Like, this is why you can't have me. Exactly. On your, hey, let's get the celebrities involved, because I'm going to be exactly. like, what the fuck? So, so, Dom, so Dominic, <laughs> meanwhile... So Annie has been Annie's been stabbed. She's sent to the hospital. She survives, oddly enough. Dominic goes to the basement and finds a crying and cowering Alice. 
and confronts her and Alice is Alice actually hands him her doll and says, you can have it, Karen, because she thinks she's being menaced by the ghost of her dead sister. Yeah, it was Karen's baby doll. Dad sent it to Karen for her first communion and then Alice took it. And now Alice is just like, you know, my dead sister is coming back to haunt me, which then really kind of made me go... Alice killed her sister and that's why her sister's coming back for you. Exactly. And like, and I was always so you're the so are you the baby of the family? Oh yeah. Baby baby of cousins everything. Oh my god. Okay. So I'm the middle child and I was notoriously horrible to my little sister until about 5 years ago. Okay. See, as I watch this, my so, you know, we have the three and the, you know, the girl's pretty normal. She's the oldest. And then there are the two boys and they're like a year apart. And like the middle brother, I mean, torments the younger brother. And I keep asking, you know, like my old man, cause he has an older brother. And I'm just like, is this? And he was like, this is absolutely what brothers who are close in age do to one absolutely because my sister and i are 18 months apart and i mean i it, it was so bad i remember one day my mother came home my hair was like sweaty and disgusting and i had claw marks up and down my arm and i had taken the the like the the remote control and just beaten my sister with it yeah uh Talon's brother stuck a Q-tip so far in his ear it ruptured his eardrum. It's oh, why, sweet like, lord! Yeah, it's why like if you stand on one side of my old man, like he'll really ask you like what, and it's not he really can't hear. The only tone that he can hear is the Amazon ding that I bought something. Oh wow! Oh yeah, he can hear that fucking tone anywhere throughout the house. But if I'm laying next to him and I'm, to him. and we're on like the wrong sides of the bed, like we're out somewhere, and I'm on the wrong side of the bed, and I'm just like, hey, you know, we had like such a nice day, and I loved it when we did this, and he's like, what? And I'm like, <sighs> never mind. Yeah. Oh my god. Meanwhile, Annie's in the hospital. She's about a quart low. I mean, yeah. she is pale. Yeah, no, she is not looking good, but still calls it like she sees it. Right. She basically, the cops come to interview her and she basically says like, you know, Alice did it. Alice did it. And then she also, it's interesting because she always talks about, she's like, I don't hate her. You know, I love her like she was my own, yeah. but she totally stabbed me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, like she believe you know, it's that young figner in the, yellow slicker like it, again it really does not look good for alice exactly and-, and we also learn that apparently Catherine thinks that annie holds it against her that Catherine was pregnant with alice when she married dom oh oh i missed that yeah she says you've always hated her because you know i was pregnant you know you know that i was pregnant with her when i got married to dom oh oh that does make sense well i mean i knew annie didn't like dom and so i guess my question is is that a catholic thing um it wouldn't be really for the bait i mean again people go crazy with religion but definitely like slut shaming sister for sure and absolutely hating the bastard that knocked you up. Okay, got it, got it. Now, Alice gets taken to the station for a polygraph test. And, oh, God, did you, ca- I, don't, I hope you didn't catch this because it was so offensive to me. But did you catch what the polygraph uh, examiner says to the cop afterwards? Crickets. Okay, um, so he <laughs> says. sound right of crickets very, Right. <laughs> He looks at the cop and he says, did you check out her tits? Oh, no, I missed that completely. Yes. Where am I during this movie? (laughs) How do I feel like every time you ask me a question, I'm just like, what? There was a fire? He says to the cop, did you? In fact, I made sure that um, when I was watching it with Chris, because I knew the line was coming, I kind of distracted him so he didn't hear it. But he says to he says to the cop, he says, did you check out her tits? And the cop's like, what the fuck is happening right now? And the polygraph says, you know, when I was trying to put the um, the polygraph, whatever, on her, on her, yeah, wires on her, it was like she wanted me to touch her. And I'm like, I did hear that. I did hear that line. And I was just like, what? Uh, but then, you know, like something else crazy happened. 
I did hear that. Yeah, when I was when I was like, you know, wiring her all up, it was like she wanted me to touch her, and I was just like, oh, bro. Anyway, why we can't have nice things? So she uh, ends up going to basically a children's sanitarium. Yeah, kid, kitty psych ward. Did you go to one? Um, not as a kid, but my boyfriend did. Yeah, no, I went to one. My parents had to put me in one when I was 15. Really? Okay, so I did go to a mental hospital when I was 21, and then I went to a mental hospital when I was 36, so. Yeah, no, my parents had to put me in one when I was uh, 15. Wow. Yeah. Was it just, like, the standard, like, you're a teenager and you're acting out bullshit, or did they think that you were going to, like, shoot up a school? Um, I It was a suicide attempt, and it was... It was it was a pretty rock solid attempt on my part. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. So Alice gets tossed into this literal children's sanitarium where the um, the doctor even tells her parents she's like you know because they're like hey we're we're coming we're we're basically gonna pick her up you know and she's like yeah that's not gonna happen she has to stay here we're gonna put her on meds and. Be prepared for her to be angry at you for not taking her home. Yeah, no, there were a whole lot of, you know, warnings. But I, from Alice's point of view, she's really like, what the fuck? You know, like, I'm literally just struggling to survive and you're locking me up. It's very sad. It's very sad because she really just wants to, I mean, I hate to, you know, she just wants to be loved, but she wants to be loved and she wants to be taken care of. And the lion's share of the attention was always poured on Karen. And it's, um, it's just, a, it is, it's a very sad time. And then we find out that Alice apparently started her period. Yeah. Yeah. It, which was just a weird random i felt like it was random to me I, I feel like the only reason they really brought up that she started her period was to show that she is terrified to talk to her parents about anything and i think that i don't know i think i think like this all goes back to in my opinion i think this all goes back to organized religions you know basically teaching of sex is bad uh premarital sex is bad anything you know certain feelings coming up are bad being a woman is bad uh becoming a woman is bad yeah i yeah i guess that i can buy that like i'm just i'm throwing that out there just because of my own you know experiences with organized religion as far as that goes just being this not to mention this kind of gets hammered home with Mrs. Trudoni. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Because Mrs. Trudoni is about as slut shamey as you get. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, she, I, I like dread encounter. I would dread encounters with women like that growing up. And like, I actually look forward to them today. So there's this um there's this scene where Alice is trying to you know she's she's very angry right because she's angry because she knows that they put her there and her mother's like you know I didn't put you in here Alice you know it's like yeah you kind of sort of did um because all that behavior you know it doesn't happen in a vacuum right? right I mean that is parent neglect yeah I like I have a kid that like cries out for attention. And that's the one that, like, I'm actually, like, he's the one who really drew me in, you know, like, and I just, I understand the more difficult one than really, the like, his brain makes more sense to me. And I keep trying to, like, explain it to people and I go, I felt like this as a kid. I understand why we do what we do. And it's just this constant draw and it's you know it's what do we do like what what's the therapy what's the procedure what's this and i'm just like he literally just wants to hang out with you yeah exactly like that's that's the cure just let him hang out with you and i i feel like these parents i i feel like dom and Catherine in general are unbelievably self-centered are very and but then there was that one moment where Catherine was talking to Alice and was like holding her and was just like you're not a bad kid and I don't know where in the movie that happens it's in their kitchen yeah in the kitchen and what's funny about it is that that's the really one of the only moments where you see Catherine have any kind of uh, sympathy or empathy towards 
Alice the rest of the time. She almost ignores her. Yeah, very, very ignory. And, you know, was definitely doting on the easy kid and definitely ignoring the older one. And then when that scene happened, all I was thinking was like, is this Alice's point of view? And it just, there were moments like this, but you didn't connect to them. Like, because it would just seem weird to do like a full 180 switch and then turn it off like that. Exactly. Because it wasn't for an audience. We were like the only ones there. Exactly. So I think I, I, I think it was probably just that her, her parents are super fucking self-absorbed. And I think that's just how that is. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dom, Dom and Catherine decide to fornicate but get interrupted by a phone call. From his wife. From his wife, by the way. Julia, who is asking him, hey, I miss you. When are you coming home? And he's just like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you love me? Yes, I love you. But then afterward, like, all right. So hot take. I actually totally think all parties involved handled it really well. Well, because, okay, first of all, yes, I... I will agree with you on that because Catherine decides, you know, Catherine's like, yeah, look, like I wanted it to, you wanted it, but this is fucked up. You need to go home to your wife. Right. Like we're mourning our daughter. This was like a one and done. We never need to talk about it. It's not real life. I actually thought like for what had just happened, I just went, I totally understand why it happened. Uh, Totally think we're now being real fucking adults about it. And as you know, as much as it would suck to be the wife, like the wife really never needs to know about this. Right. And the characters, you know, I, I will give I will give Alfred Soul credit for this, that the characters are actually very nuanced. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm always just like honesty over everything and like cheating is never excusable. And, rah, rah, rah. and realistically, if like, God forbid, I was in that situation and I am the wife, I can understand what happened And I don't need to know it. Now, previous to this scene, Dom and Father Tom are talking and Dom reveals on a phone call overheard by Mrs. Tredoni, very important, that he wonders if Angela, that would be the unfortunate looking cousin, had anything to do with Karen's murder. Yeah, Angela all of a sudden like becomes the scapegoat. But what blew my mind about that whole conversation was it the was it the size of the slicker yes i was oh god oh god okay so they say like um there's actually a scene where Catherine picks up the slicker and says see karen's slicker this is a size four angela's would be at least a size 14 and i mean i mean she's not wrong because women's sizes make no sense that poor little girl yeah like, I feel bad, but we have to deal in the reality. I know. We do have to deal in the reality that Angela is, is a large yeah. child. Like, I am not going to pass for a 12-year-old girl. Right. No. Like, Amen, sister. Right. So it's just, I don't even understand why we kind of put that thought into the world. Because it was just like, what? So, so then this connects to Dominic going back to his hotel and the guy, uh, the, the concierge is like, you've got a phone call, sir, and gives him the phone and he gets a call from what he believes is Angela crying, saying, you know, please come and meet me. I, I stole Karen's, I, I stole Karen's crucifix cross. cross and mommy won't let me give it back to you. And so he's like. Sure, I'll go meet you, which is interesting just because I don't have that relationship with one of my uncles. I probably have my relationship with, like, my Uncle Mike, but, like, my my mother's brother, like, the, this would never fucking happen. All I kept thinking about the phone call, it sounded really like a, what are you wearing? Yeah, it like, was it was a very creepy phone call. Like, and I was like, who is believing this is a preteen girl with a crucifix? I don't care how much you're crying. You don't sound like you've been smoking a bag of Newports for 20 years. So, <laughs> so Dom meets her in basically an abandoned building. Yeah, no, abandoned warehouse. Very popular in Patterson. Okay. Okay. Question. Yeah, that was my next question was, yep. is this a thing? Um, Big industrial. Which is cool as fuck in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's still 
there. It's very dangerous. Yeah, don't go now. But yes, exploring like abandoned buildings is totally cool. But I would, if you're going to go explore Broken Down Patterson, go during the day. What's interesting is that 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 oh, that shot of of the abandoned building reminded me of the opening shot of Prom Night. Oh, yeah. No, I see it now. Yeah, yeah. That was a weird noise I made. <laughs> <laughs> Where then it is revealed that it is not Angela. It is, in fact, Mrs. Tridoni in the warehouse with the butcher knife. Yeah. Yeah. The world's dullest butcher knife. Yes. What's interesting is that there there was only one knife made for this whole movie. Yeah. There's the knife Obviously. that, right. There's a, <laughs> it's a collapsible knife that was created for the film. Um, it took them like 30 something takes to be able to get the knife to stick to that wooden. wooden. I love yeah. that shot actually with dad, like, yep. cause we're, we stabbed the trapezius over a railing. You know, and then just drop the knife down like perfectly, and, and, it, I, and it lands in that perfect like it's really, really beautiful. Um, th- so Mrs. Trudoni stabs him, beats him with a brick, yeah, and then drags him to the edge. And while he's um, while she's talking to him, she says, "You filthy pig, you and that whore. God wants you to be punished." Father belongs to the church. So that's where I said, like, if Mrs. Trudoni had just gotten out and gotten laid and had been, like, lusting after the priest, we might be okay. Or also gotten some grief counseling. Yeah, no, she needs some grief counseling and, you know, definitely a dick me down. And she, 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 she needs Jesus, but, like, not as much as she thinks she has. Exactly. Like, she... <laughs> So it's revealed. Um, so we know Mrs. Tridoni is the killer, right? So Mrs. Tridoni is at, you know, priest house. And um, Catherine comes over and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking for Dom. I was supposed to take him to the train station. And, you know, he never showed up. And Mrs. Tridoni's like, all right, come inside and have some pie, maybe? Coffee. Oh, coffee, right? So she sits there and this is kind of where we get a little bit of backstory with Mrs. Tridoni, where Mrs. Tridoni tells her, you know, God took my child on the day of her first communion. And we don't really know anything beyond that other than, other than, you know, she lost her daughter on the day of her first communion. So it kind of looks like she's going to kill Catherine because she grabs the knife that she's been slicing fish with like honestly the world's dullest knife that she is literally slicing a cooked fish and I mean she is not making a dent at all and I was just like how dull is you should be able to cut this with a pencil what this is the most unterrifying weapon in the history of the world. and one of the things that she says to Catherine is children pay for the sins of their parents yeah no that was a good one so um so they just so Father Tom comes over and decides to go with uh, Catherine to pick up Alice from the macadamia farm. That would be the nut house. Yeah. Yep. Macadamia farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in the in the in the police car, did you notice that they were reading a magazine? No. Okay. So they're reading a magazine. I, wa- I don't know what movie I watched. <laughs> So in the police in the police car, they're reading a magazine called Blue Book. Apparently, Blue Book was the male counterpart to Red Book magazine. Re- I I know none of this. Right before before male magazines were basically just like you know boner Maxim. boner pills, and you can last longer. Yeah, Maxim for fitness guys, whatever. Right. So they're sitting in the car reading and trying to decide. Okay. It's, you know, who is this killer? Like, who is this? And they're staking out the apartment. And Alice goes to Alphonse, so, sorry, to Alfonso's apartment and decides to open a jar of cockroaches and put it on his belly. Because now, here's the thing, folks. Alfonso is actually morbidly obese. And he is laying on his couch, sleeping, surrounded by his meow meows. And Alice breaks into his apartment and puts a jar of an open, dear God, jar of cockroaches on his belly. And basically they like scamper out of the jar and crawl on him. Yeah. So the, 
I had absolutely no problem with this eating. Okay. For one, I would just like to point out. Once again, Alfonso is a fucking pedophile. That was my problem. I said, okay, I have no problem with roaches. I actually think they're amazing species. You you have a lot of respect for roaches. I really do. I don't want them to live with me, but I, I respect the survival game. Super strong. So I have zero issue with roaches. However, my issue is after being almost like really molested like heavily molested you then went back into his house like you couldn't know that he was sleeping like you couldn't possibly have that information and you just walked into his house in hopes to give him roaches i don't know man that kid uh, uh, she's she's a she she must have some kind of like weird pedophile intuition well not enough to not go in his house yeah so she (laughs) it is a it is a thinker, yeah, indeed. Like that was the one part of the movie that A, I watched and was very, I I, I want to talk to Alice. So Alice leaves and we, of course, hear him, you know, freak out because the roaches have crawled on him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mrs. Trudoni basically cop bangs his door to try to, like, get him to open his door. Why was she there? See, I don't understand this. Un- no, because I don't understand why Mrs. Trudoni is... I mean, I can understand why we would kill Alfonso. Right. But I'm not understanding why Mrs. Tredoni wanted to kill Alfonso because Alfonso didn't see Mrs. Tredoni without, you know, her get up on. Right. He had nothing to do with the church. He wasn't trying to get, excuse me, get the priests. Like, he brought nothing to the story for Mrs. Tredoni. And she was, you know, killing everybody to protect all the priests in the house, Mr. Alfonso brought nothing to the table. This was my one real complaint. I really thought this was a plot hole that she really should have gone, you know, after Alice, after Catherine, uh, you know, Angela, like somebody else in, in the house would have made a thousand times more sense. I had a real problem with this kill. That's interesting. So, so speaking of which, Mrs. Trudoni is banging on the door he opens the door and thinks that it's Alice and shoves her against the wall, sees her without her mask on, and then Mrs. Gerdoni basically hauls off and stabs him in the gut. Yeah, yep, stabs him in the, you know, with the world's dullest knife. World's the- dullest knife, and then escapes out the back door. The cops see her without her getup on. They know it is Mrs. Gerdoni. So they did try you to see find the her. cop kick in the front door, though. He really tried. And then he took what did he take? Like the milk? Was it like the thing of milk? It was like a toe kick. I was like, what are we what are we doing here? Worst police force ever. I was dot. Yeah. Between I mean, the, seriously, between the between the titty mags all over the wall and the, you know, polygrapher trying to molest 12 year olds. Jesus Christ. That. OK, so escapes out the back door. So the cops, meanwhile, they tell Father Tom, okay, look, here's the situation. Here's the situation. Mrs. Tredoni is the killer. We have got to apprehend her. And Tom, in his basic optimism yeah. as a priest, says, she's not going to go anywhere. She will go with me and Father... Uh, other guy. She will go with me and Father Pat. We'll just call him that. And... um you don't need to, you know, you're not going to need to, like, basically have any force. And the cops say, I want a marksman in the balcony. And he's like, not, not in my church. church. Why are the police so, like, unable to do anything in fucking Patterson in 1976? Because they're busy reading Blue Book magazine. Well, I feel like Blue Book magazine would at least tell you you're a fucking cop. Yeah. Like, like, no, you can't talk to my kid. No, you can't do this. You can't go here. You can't go and arrest the murder suspect in the church. Makes absolutely no sense. So Mrs. Trudoni enters the church wearing white gloves, a white dress, and basically dressed for a, almost dressed for like a first communion. Yeah, and the slicker. And the slicker. And she's carrying a shopping bag with which she has a butcher knife inside. Um she father tom had told the cops he says you know look she wants to take communion she will take communion from me then we can apprehend her so mrs Tredoni is going out with a scream not a whisper yeah no she's she's a wild cat that's actually in my notes mr Tredoni's such a wild cat <laughs> she goes up 
to get she goes up to get communion and it's funny because alice is sitting next to her is perched next to her to get communion and father tom skips alice and goes directly to mrs tredoni and says you know mrs tredoni says i want to take communion and she says and he says you know no i can't give you communion um you have to come with me and she whips out the knife and stabs him in the neck. I was absolutely floored with why we are not giving her communion when the whole fucking point of your plan was to give her communion so she comes out peacefully. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is that like she said he says, like, hey, I can't give you communion. And she points at Catherine and she says, You gave it to that whore. Yeah. I was like, why? I was just kept going. Just give her the fucking biscuit. Right. And I mean, guess having a marksman probably wasn't a bad idea. Right. Like, then put the fucking marksman in the church. Let the cops go in and arrest her. If the whole point of the plan is to get her to take communion and leave the church peacefully so we can arrest her without fucking problem, then don't make a scene about, I'm not giving you communion. Yeah. It's really, it's really ridiculous. And then, so he's bleeding to death all over the altar and she holds him in what can only be described as a very sexual embrace while he bleeds to death all over her. Yeah, the lover's pose on the altar. I actually, I would like that as a poster. I know that I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but I would love to get like a screen printing shot of that and I would hang it in my room. And then Alice picks up the knife that has been sitting in the shop. She actually takes the shopping bag with the knife in it and walks off kind of almost as if to say like, evil is being passed down and yeah. and i think one of the main themes in this film is that is that anger evilness neglect all of these things are passed down generation to generation yeah children pay for the sins of the parents yeah, yeah. absolutely so um yeah and that is uh that is it for alice sweet alice but we do have some shout outs we have a shout out going special to our fan darren Darren actually takes uh, the the show links and puts them on Twitter for us. Oh, Darren. And Darren is the one who constructed the movie ticket that kind of the movie ticket logo that we were working on that actually kind of looks like a snuff film. Yeah, no, I love that. Well done, Darren. So thank you, Darren, for that. And then um, our podcast shout out of the week is Saturday Night Freak Show, which if you haven't listened to it, I would say definitely give it a shot. And it's Sean, Colin, Michaela and Holly. And here's what's funny about this is normally I cannot focus on more than two voices at once. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, how do you afford people on a podcast? Amazing. They do such an amazing job with this and they review all kinds of movies and they're really interesting, really funny. They do their research, which of course I'm a huge fan of and they've always been very complimentary to us. So yeah, guys, Saturday Night Freak Show, totally check them out. And next time... What should we do? <laughs> where's our list? No, seriously, where's our list? Um, okay, here. Wait, 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 wait. There. Okay. We've done Chopping Mall. We've done Alice Sweet Alice. So we have Friday the 13th Part 5. Ooh, why are you wet? What did you do? She's not talking about me, guys. Sorry. That's the dog. <laughs> it's, actually the, it's actually the dog. The dog is... The dog's face is wet, and I can't really figure out why. Okay. Um... We have Gates of Hell, The Brood, Shockma, which is about a killer monkey, or I'm sorry, a baboon. Um, Extro. Uh, yep. Those are the ones we have. Okay. Extro, Friday the 13th, Part 5, Deep Fear, Harold and Maud, Otis, Gates of Hell, The Brood, Climax, Black Sheep, and Shockma. Let's do The Brood. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. We're much my reasons why Hillary and I never wanted to be parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, stay manic.